The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of the Pacific Northwest. But it's what lives in the belly of the earth and its many tunnels that I feel I must warn you. Listener discretion is advised. Tom and James laughed as they fell into the grass. To have a friend, to have someone to share a wonderful afternoon of lung-burning fun with is a magical thing. He had never laughed so hard, jumped so high, or ran so fast as he had that day with James. Sure, Tom knew many people, but James was his first real friend. It's a wonderful thing to have a friend and a privilege few fully comprehend or truly get to experience. To have a friend is to experience a special kind of love. A love different from a mother's love. A love different from the kind given by a father. And a love that would be worlds apart from the love shared with a lover. The kindness and love of a friend is a matching of souls in a swirl of inaudible echoes. A meeting of minds alike or unalike. And in that dissimilarity of familiarity that both friends understand. A non-verbal agreement. A binding. The love of a friend is also fickle. And beyond all things weak to the passing of time and the growing tsunami of age and responsibility. It is the first to be sacrificed. It is the first to be neglected. It is the first to be forgotten. It isn't a hard-earned love. It just comes to one another for simply having existed on the same grain in the sands of time. There is no need to nurture nor feed. There is no expectation of higher morals, no need to protect. It is easy to clutch and hold too fast. But as easily won as it may be, it too can be easily lost. Friendship may last a lifetime, or simply an afternoon. But it leaves an indelible mark, one that teaches empathy and understanding, patience and truth. Tom had learnt that there were friends 
and then there was your friend. He had no other words for what James was, so he used the only one he had. The weight behind that word spelt F-R-I-E-N-D, but sounded much more like B-R-O-T-H-E-R when spoken properly. The world had turned icky and sick on the two boys, Tom and James. The sky, which had been one blank, unending sheet of white, was now a glass of water with ink spilt in it. The black and blue, angry ink sliding along the skin of the clouds, driving wet, furious borders and fissures through their faces. A wind had been building, a heavy fist with frigid tips, its might contained just barely by the tips of distant mountains, blue and abstract in the distance. But the rumble of it could be heard. It was low, barely audible. Just a slow and long vibration. Not enough to warn of some impending disaster, but enough to make a person stare off into the distance and contemplate the state of the world. Wouldn't it be swell if we built a clubhouse? A clubhouse, eh? That'd be neat. But instead of a normal clubhouse, we make it a secret clubhouse. Okay. Go on. You mean like a treehouse or uh Like one of those bunkers the Germans hunkered in underground with the people. <laughs> James jumped about enacting a one-man rendition of some scene straight out of Passchendaele or Vimy Ridge. Tom sat on the white grass with his head leaning back against the well. He was out of breath. His lungs gasped for air, but he watched James, who seemed to have boundless energy after that long and adventurous afternoon. I just had the best idea. Yeah? What's that smart guy? We build our clubhouse at the bottom of the well. James stood there staring at Tom, mouth widening and grinning as he stood there eagerly awaiting his praise. There's water at the bottom of the well, James. There was a moment of awkward silence, whether because James had not thought of that or because Tom wasn't fully grasping the idea neither could tell. We tunnel and build it almost at the bottom. And then we cover the entrance with a false front that opens like a trap door and we'll cover it with stones and moss to make it blend in. The two of them stopped for a moment and looked each other in the eye. For one reason or another, it seemed like a good and plausible idea for both Tom and James. Tom stood as James walked closer synchronized the two placed their hands on the wall of the old well and peered deep into the darkness. What do you think is down there? I have no idea, but I'd like to find out. Probably just water, I think. Probably. But what if there's something else down there? I suppose one of us should go down and find out. His hand rested on an old weathered crank handle. 
It ended where a thick shaved down log lay suspended above the old well. Connected to it was a rope. It was neither a particularly thick rope, nor was it wasted away thin and unreliable. It was simply a rope that went down a very deep distance into the dark. He looked at Tom, a smile breaking across his face showing his teeth below as it grew slightly egging Tom LaPont on. Oh no, I'm not climbing down that. Oh, but you're far lighter than me, and I'm far too lazy to climb back up. If I went down, I'd most likely become a frog at the bottom instead of coming back up. You know me. Well, I can't just go down. I won't be able to see. It's pitch black in there. Oh, there's lots of light from above. It only looks that dark because it's so light up here. I bet the second you get down far enough, it won't seem so scary. It isn't scary. I'm not scared, James. Seriously, I'm not. James laughed as he let Tom wrestle with his own indecision. He clearly didn't want to shimmy down the rope, but he also had no wish to be known as a coward, and he was awfully curious what exactly was down the well. Meanwhile, Peggy watched from the reeds where the field dipped into marshland. Their voices were muffled as the wind chopped the sounds of their words and carried them far away in opposite directions. She squinted, watching Tom pace near the well. He'd stop, placing his hands on the wall of the well, staring down into it, before backing away and shaking his head. Peggy could make out the rise and the fall of his shoulders as he uncomfortably laughed off whatever it was they were speaking about. James turned his palms up to the sky as if he were trying to convince Tom. But Peggy watched as Tom shook his head vigorously and waved away whatever it was James was saying. Peggy then watched as James and Tom stood there, staring at one another. There was a tension in the air. It suddenly felt claustrophobic and uncomfortable. No words were spoken between the two for what felt like an eternity. A frigid wind from the north picked up, rolling and tumbling through the fort, bending trees to its will, whistling through the pines and settling on urging the two young friends forward in whatever conflict had arisen between the two. Peggy remained there committed to her clandestine role as the Watcher, the secret spy in the grass. But there was a nagging sensation that she should stand and interrupt whatever it was that was happening. She should shout and scream and stomp her feet. She should take the role of the eldest sibling, if only for a moment, and wag her finger chidingly at Tom and drag him home, but she didn't. She was committed, foolishly and childishly committed to her chosen role to observe, to infiltrate, and never to stop whatever it was that was happening so that she could learn. She wanted to know more. More about Tom, more about James, more about all those small happenings in the LaPont home that only she seemed to not know. Why was it that Tom had gone from uncaring 
to brotherly to cowardly, why was it that her mother stopped being a mother and begun to waste away? Against her better judgment, Peggy sat there, knelt in the tall reeds, shivering in the cold mud and filthy water. She watched Tom and James. How about this? I'll flip a coin. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't care what you want. Maybe, maybe you're meant to. What? Why? Why do you care so much? I don't care. You should care, though. If it's your destiny, your fate, and you're denying that, then I can't imagine what terrible things happen to people who deny fate. What are you talking about? Heads you go home and we forget about it. Tails you climb down the rope and into the well. Before Tom could protest, James flipped his lucky coin high into the air. Tom's eyes followed it high into the sky. It hung for a moment, carried by the wind. Tom watched as its spin, which should have been one smooth blur, instead shuddered and vibrated before plummeting down into the palm of James's hand. What on God's green earth do you boys think you're doing? Get away from there, go and get James turned to the voice and watched as Alfie off in the distance walked briskly towards them waving a thick wooden walking stick around in the air. Tom stood next to James beside the well, eagerly staring at the closed fist which held the coin and the fate that Tom neither asked for nor wanted. A look of panic shot across James's face. His breathing sped up as he looked down at where he stood and back up to where Alfie was in the distance picking up speed. He was coming to interrupt their fun and their game. But the game wasn't over, not yet. It can't be over yet. Not when things were just getting so fun. Well, was it heads or tails? Tom seemed unmoved by Alfie if he noticed him at all. James paced for a minute before walking between where Tom stood by the well and where Alfie was in the distance. He held out his closed hand. Tom stared down eagerly as the fingers began to peel away. Well, would you look at that? Those are the rules of the coin. You must obey the fate it chose. If you didn't, bad things would happen to James. Often, as it turned out, what the coin chose caused bad things to happen to everyone else around him instead. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. 
Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. Bridges. I'm the one with the loaded gun in the eye.